0: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Workday, Charity, Open, DraftKings Picks, and Preview. Remember, give the episode a like, give me your sleeper in the comment section, and as I put out on the Twitter machine on a Monday evening... The easiest way to help out this show, rate the show five stars. You want to leave a review? Even better, and especially important in non-United States countries. Now, if you're in the United States, super important as well. Same as Canada. But if you're in, like, a place where presumably a lot of people do not listen to the Pat Mayo experience, like, even places like Japan or Australia or Ireland or Iceland or Finland, I'm sorry I didn't give your country a shout-out if I've missed you, but... Even like two or three new ratings or reviews in those countries can really spike up the show to the very top of the charts in terms of searchability. Thus, everything grows, so please help me out all around the board. That five-star rating to scroll down, boom, got it done. The stats and info and tools and ownership projections and simulations I will be talking about today are powered by FantasyNational.com. If you use promo code mayo or just put slash mayo at the end of fantasy you get yourself 20% off highly recommend you go check that out. The listeners league it's full. All 6,000 people. Hopefully we can get six figures, $100,000 guaranteed for next week at Memorial. If Tiger plays, then you know. hopefully it won't take all that long again. Then we can make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. We make this so big. This is why the ratings and the retweets and everything like that help. The more people that listen, the more players that play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. There's no rake in that league. Maybe we can have a millionaire maker at some point if the show gets big enough. It would take approximately a 1,000 times bigger than it is right now to do that. But, hey, a boy can dream. Rick Damon. RickRedGood.com on the line. What's going on, my man?
1: Pat. Yeah, a rake-free Millie Maker would be, uh, that'd be something special, I think. Uh, we're, I think I think we're on the path. That'd be great. But no, things things are good. Things are very busy. Glad to be back on with you.
0: So what are we doing in terms of the course? Uh, Jeff and I briefly discussed it on Monday's show. You can find all previous content and my write-up in the description of this podcast and video. The same place where you can find the Listener's League every single week, by the way, in case you were wondering slower greens shorter rough than we're used to seeing at Mirrorfield village some easier pin placements different tee boxes but like when we're doing research do we just look at how it plays at memorial like how much can you really glean from that in terms of trying to predict out what's going to happen
1: yeah i think there's there's only so much they can do from week to week i actually think it'd be more interesting if the memorial was first and the workday charity open was the second week i think you could see some more extreme changes from what I understand, Pat, they're going to start letting that rough grow, uh, basically on Thursday of the workday. See if they can get a little bit thicker by the time the memorial comes around. Yeah, they'll run a little bit faster. And Jack has his his pin locations. Here's here's the pins you can't touch. Put put them anywhere else on the green for for the workday. No problem there. So. I think the obvious answer is we have to use, you know, Muirfield Village in the Memorial history. It's not great because it's, you know, greens are going to be slower. They'll be more receptive. Rough won't be as penal. But I think that's better than not using anything at all, which is our, uh, which is our other opportunity. These are still small, 5,000-square-foot greens. Uh, that's not going to change. This is still a second-shot course. That's not going to change. So I think you just have to be aware of, what you're using and how that could change from this week at the workday to next week at the memorial
0: are there any skill sets of players you just immediately want to cross off like obviously if you have bad irons but you have a good short game and you make every putt that you can just find yourself there on the weekend that's that's our recipe it's a very low percentage recipe but you want to be targeting what excellent approach players and guys that can save themselves from like greenside bunkers <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. So really, to there's there's a ton of bunkers out here. A lot of them are in play. And uh, to put the green size into perspective, they're about five thousand square feet. Tour average is like sixty five hundred. The really really small ones, Pebble and Harbor Town, they're like. 35, 3,700, something like that. So these are fairly small, um, and it's a long course that is actually not uh, – and it's also what we call like a big ballpark, right? Like there's – it's not like you're going to hit it OB in places. You can kind of bomb and gouge this. So um, it, the short hitters, as, as we get more out of this restart, right, the first couple of weeks were great for guys that weren't necessarily long off the tee that advantage for bombers is going to get more and more pronounced each and every week, essentially from, from here on out. So uh, the short guys that obviously, you know, might not be able to hit their irons as well. Like they're almost toes up this week.
0: Yeah, if you're going to be a short hitter, you better be able to at least gain on proximity against most of the field, especially with those longer irons. The one weird thing is looking back at the par fives, most of them are reachable in two by almost anyone in the field historically. But I saw that three holes got a yardage boost, at least per the scorecard. I don't know how that's going to set up every single day. But one of them was a par five that made it 30 yards longer. This is a different time of year, obviously, for Mirfield Village. It's hotter. I would expect more rollout from the fairways. Maybe that's why that was done. But the par fives themselves don't seem to be like, there's going to be a huge advantage if you can bomb it and like hit a you know, nine iron into the green. That's an advantage in of itself. But even if you're, I don't know, Jason Duffner, you can probably still get there in two.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're going to have an issue. It might just be a longer iron. I, I do think it is interesting about uh, the rollout. That-, that was very evident last week at detroit golf club i mean it's the middle of summer in detroit uh those guys were getting 30 40 yards of rollout at times and that obviously makes the course play a lot differently so uh, interested to see i did see that as well a, a couple of holes at least on the scorecard lengthened i think it's probably probably because time of year and and how this is going to how this is going to play but you're right this is uh you know the, the big boys will just chew up the par fives and then everyone else will at least be able to get you know, on the green or up and around the green, you're, you're going to see a lot of up and down attempts for birdie on these par fives.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. The only other thing that I wanted to point out was where these greens normally run so fast. And it looks like at least for the work day, they're going to be a little bit slower. That could throw a wrench into everything. How do you think that affects the guys for next week? If on the stamp, let's say it's 11 and a half and next yeah. week it's 13. Like wouldn't that screw people up week to week? Or is that, am I just galaxy branding that?
1: No, I think there's something to that. So this is a really weird combination of, okay, you get a full week of of extra recon uh, for the workday if you're going to play the Memorial. I mean, there's a reason guys play practice rounds. They want to get a look at the course. Now, if you get a look at the course and it's not going to be in the same condition of how you play it, I do think it takes a lot of time to adjust to that. The green speed is, is the one thing I'm most concerned about from guys this week to guys next week because you're right, Pat, like they're going to play four hopefully rounds plus a few practice rounds on potentially 11 11 and a half uh on the stimp greens and then they're going to have to essentially relearn all the breaks refigure everything out because the breaks are completely different on a 13 you have to play your lines a lot differently so i am that's like my big concern about guys who are playing back-to-back weeks i think it's a little bit of galaxy brain but i think it's very very warranted
0: and the final thing too is if anyone's like playing a make the cut parlay i went and looked at the odds for it Um, wait till next week to play the make the cut parlay because you have 156 players this week there's gonna be 120 next week and books aren't great like they just throw those props up for fun anyway that I could see the odds being exactly the same next week as they are this week even though the field like is a little bit stronger but for like the same guys despite the fact that they you know there are you know over 40 fewer people in the field
1: Yeah, th- this is the big, big boy field. This is the full field that was extended post-COVID. Next week's an invitational still. They've ex- expanded the field a little bit, but this is like the big, big one. This is the biggest one that you get. And then to couple that with the fact that we're still going, you know, top 65 and, and ties, thank goodness we got rid of the MDF. Um, it's it's going to be small. There's going to be some carnage out there.
0: Yeah, we, would you guess uh, over under 5% in the Millionaire Maker in terms of 6 oh. of 6? It's been way okay, under well, that two weeks in a row. <laughs>
1: I was going to say it was like way under that last week and the week before. Right. Uh, Yeah. I think you got to go under that again. I mean, more guys, the same cut line, Uh, one, one chalky guy misses. And you're looking at like, yeah, 2% of six, six of six.
0: Yeah. Well, the funny thing, like last year, the cut was plus two plus one plus four the year before that. Like, what do you expect the cut line to be this week? Like, I, I don't like. Let's just presume it plays as difficult as the Memorial usually does, and that's an Invitational field. There's gonna be more guys around this time. Like, plus four seems like a realistic number.
1: I do think it's realistic. I'm. There's like part of me that's concerned it plays, and I don't want to say a lot easier, but a lot easier in terms of like the Memorial which is, you know, you get maybe an even cut, an even par cut. I don't think that's going to happen, but there is part of me that thinks like, oh man, we're not taking into a much account. Like, like greenskeepers are good. They can make this play however they want. I'm a little bit concerned about that. And we're, we're just kind of comping it straight to, you know, the Memorial version of this, but I, I, I like where your head's at there. Um, handful over par three, four, something like that seems right.
0: Uh, last thing before we jump into the picks and the players from FantasyNational.com slash mail if you want to get yourself the discount. If you go into the course breakdown section, you'll find that driving accuracy at Mirfield Village is significantly higher, 8 percentage points higher than tour average. Greens and regulations way down versus the tour average, and scrambling percentage is 53% uh, versus 58% at the average tour event. I credit the long rough and small greens for that. And where the... That 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 was the actually thing I wanted to hit on finally, too, is that I think that bad putters, generally speaking, at Mirfield Village get sort of a reprieve in the fact that it's so hard to get your ball close to the pin trying to get it up and down from around the green that everyone just gets stuck with ten footers, therefore there's just way more misses.
1: Yeah. I mean, what Duffner's one here, Hideki's one here, right? I don't think we'd classify those guys as good putters. Uh, it is interesting. I, I do something similar as well on my site where I, I compare each course to every other course. And uh, we got similar stats, right? So, strokes gained around the green, only three other courses on tour is it more important at than it is here at Mirfield Village. Obviously, because of those small greens, they're very difficult to hit. You're going to have to get up and down. So, yeah, I, I think it's a situation where. Uh, the good putters kind of get mitigated a little bit just because of the way that these greens and around them and the bunkers and things like that will actually uh, set you up.
0: Yeah, and when you look at someone like Tiger last year, I believe he came inside the top 10, lost over seven strokes putting. Uh, so you can get it done ball striking wise here. Duffner won with negative strokes putting the year that he ended up winning. Uh, it just you can put yourself into contention. Like, we're not saying that. Uh, but, and around the green, well, important. I think like if you reverse engineered it, I think it really depends on what your lie is at this place. Like the best player could have the worst lie, and the worst player could have the best lie, and all of a sudden it's a different story.
1: Yeah, for sure. You can get you can get stuck in some hairy situations. Um, this this is a I mean this is a big boy course, right? I mean this is a place. Uh, that, that next week, all the stars are going to show up. They're, they're dying to get here. They're dying to get to Jack's tournament. Um, this, this is going to bite back. There's going to be doubles made, right? I know we've like shattered a lot of scoring records in the first four weeks of the PGA Tour coming back. I mean, the average score before last week, the average winning score was 19 under. We hit that last week after round three. Matthew Wolf was already there. I mean, scoring's at an unbelievable clip right now. I think we start to see it slow down. Hmm
0: watch this play like minus 30 it basically becomes the bob bob hope shootout uh all right so scared so the top end players oh do you work for cbs or at least you have a partnership with cbs tiger's playing next
1: week right uh okay so i have like no inside information but yes like he's absolutely (laughs) playing next week
0: Good. That'll be great numbers for everyone in the community across the board. Jeff and I may actually have to do a live cut sweatshow if that's the case. We'll see about that. If I can get out of the house with the two little kids. Uh, 10K players. There are six of them here. Justin Thomas, following his miscut at the Travelers, is $11,100. Rom is second, 10-9. Cantley, the quote-unquote defending champ. He's the defending champ of this course, just not this event. Brooks, Xander, Hideki is an even. He's a former winner of this event. He's also won at Bridgestone, which has played in Akron, Ohio, which has seen a lot of crossover success over the years. My numbers tell me that Justin Thomas is by far the best play here. Now, the Fantasy National Simulator has John Rahm as by far the best play of any of these guys, but I think that DraftKings, with only $200 separating them and Justin Thomas having fucked everyone over last time out, that he's the play here.
1: Yes, I, I think that he is very appealing. I, I think it's interesting, right? I mean, Justin Thomas's ceiling is literally the best player on the face of the earth. Like, that's his ceiling. It's multiple major championships. It's winning a bunch of times. It's all that stuff. But in the last, like, 12 months, he's gotten a little a little bit more inconsistent. And all that means is when his, like Rory's bad weeks are he finishes T21, Justin Thomas's bad weeks are he misses the cut, which is what he did last week at the Travelers. It's what he did at the Genesis. It's what he's done three of the last five years at the Memorial, but all the other results in between the Genesis and right now, all top tens if he he made the cut, the other two years at at the Memorial, top tens on the years that he hasn't missed the cut. So like you really get... Uh, not like like I I guess my point being that if you're trying to win a million dollars which is essentially what we're all trying to do right like Justin Thomas is the mold of a player that gets you there right I don't care if he finishes t21 I need him to like win the golf tournament or miss the cut it's all the same after
0: that yeah so that's what I'm looking at here like just looking back at his recent results I do want to hit on his memorial experience a little bit here in a second but miss cut at the Travelers Two weeks ago. Eighth, tenth, sixth, missed cut at the Genesis. Third, missed the cut at Sony, where he has shot a 59 once. One, fifth, 17, 1, 4, 3, 1, 12, 12, 11. Some of those are majors in WGCs as well. So the, like you said, the upside is always there for Justin Thomas, and I think that he fits this course extremely well. Of all of the very top-end guys, like he is the best in the critical proximity ranges. He's great on long par threes and long par fours. He's the best in approach. He's the best around the greens of everyone basically that's yeah, it's it's him he's the best player out of the sand of all the top guys too like everything yeah. points to him this week and i think that we might get an ownership discount i say might just because there's so many good options here and he's so expensive and the bottom end of this field is not very good and it's tough to pick these 6k guys but i think i'm willing to risk it we've seen these very top heavy lineups do really well in the millionaire America two weeks in a row now granted this field is better than each of the last two weeks i mean it's around the travelers a bit better than the travelers let's say but when people go back and look at course history and they see just justin thomas a year ago many people forget this is where he came back from injury last year and he was a fucking disaster (laughs) he was
1: so bad yeah so uh, have you noticed that like the the 9k range and the 10k range on DraftKings? so the 10k range keeps getting bigger now we have 6k or six guys there the 9k range keeps getting smaller we have four guys there i think it's almost like you're being tempted to try to find one of these 10k guys and find a way to get them into your lineup so when you compare justin thomas yeah it's it's early i think there's a lot of question marks up here at the top but you especially compared to last week i, I like the way that i expect thomas's ownership to pan out.
0: well i think the reason that we're seeing so many top and 10k players is just because of the influence of golf being one of the only sports that's going on right now and so much of the DraftKings pricing is ripped from the betting market that yeah. we even saw this in the betting market this week there's like seven players in the teens in terms of betting like I can't remember the last time that's ever happened uh and it's just horrible if you're trying to bet but all these new people are coming in and betting on golf and the books are like yeah we'll we'll give you terrible odds you're gonna bet on it anyway what do I care (laughs) uh yeah that's probably
1: pretty that's probably very accurate of what's happening the books are just uh giving everybody the worst odds like there was quick anecdote. I, I run like the, you know, the value odds. Okay. This guy has to win this percentage of time, right. Versus his implied odds. There were like zero positive EV bets for last week and this week, because the odds in the book are so bad right now. So uh, at least for outright. So I, but I believe how that could be used as the pricing and we could get this This is how it looks.
0: Who do you think the last man out of these 10K guys is going to be? I I feel like it's going to be Brooks that everyone says like, oh, Brooks is going to come back. And then no one ends up using Brooks and he like wins.
1: Um I hope that's right. So I I I think we are getting uh, a really good opportunity at Brooks right now. I mean he 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 flashed the greatness a little bit um went the last time we saw him which was RBC Heritage he tries to fly up the leaderboard on the weekend but the big thing for me the, his his big bugaboo has been the flat stick. And now eight consecutive rounds he's gained strokes putting. Uh, If you go back and try to find another time where he gained uh, for eight straight rounds in a row, it was during the stretch in 2018 that he won the U S open. I mean, obviously the rest of his game is like 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 he's he's not out there to be the best putter in the world. It's not Denny McCarthy or whatever, right? He's gonna bomb it. He's gonna hit his irons uh, well enough. But if that flat stick comes around, like that, that unlocks a lot of the success for him.
0: I do worry about his irons right now. They're just they're not bad, but they're super inconsistent. Like he's having really yeah. bad rounds on approach. And if that's the case, and you're forced to try to get it up and down at this course, that could prove to be a disaster if the putting just regresses a little bit i'm not saying he's going to lose five strokes putting but if he just loses let's say 0.4 and he's not even close on some of these up and downs then that's a big problem
1: yeah for sure His, his irons have not been good i think he's ranked outside the top 100 in strokes gained approach at the moment for this season he's getting a little bit better i think he was dead neutral at um at rbc heritage it's definitely something to keep keep an eye on it is my concern which kind of leads me into this pat there there's a lot of question marks in the in the 10K range. Uh, especially, I mean, you're talking about Justin Thomas coming off of a miscut, talking about John Rom who hasn't played well and has kind of played poorly in like three different areas of his game in, in the first three weeks back. Brooks Kepka, you're always worried about. Um, Like I don't like last week. If you think about question marks, there was no question marks about Bryson DeChambeau. There was none about Webb Simpson. There was none about Victor Hovland. There was none about Terrell Hatton. This is a completely different uh, composition of 10K players that we're seeing this week.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about the negatives for all these guys. We talked about Thomas. Uh, He he hasn't. He's lost strokes in two consecutive rounds. On approach, He hasn't lost in three consecutive rounds since 2017, uh, which coincidentally is also the time he missed consecutive cuts uh, for the last time. So it's been a while for Justin Thomas. So I'm good with Justin Thomas there. What's the downside to Rom that he just hasn't been playing well? Like not, when I say not playing well, I mean not playing as the number two player in the world since the restart. Oh.
1: Right. It's, it's, it's only compared to himself, but my, my concern is this. So he goes, he goes miscut 33rd, 37th, and his three starts back the miscut. He lost four strokes putting uh, at, at heritage, the 33rd, he lost strokes around the green. And then at travelers, he lost another four on approach. So you can look at that and say, well, he's figuring it out. He's knocking the rust off, or you could look at it and say, wow, Three different weeks, he's had like trouble in three different areas. Does he have like, like, where's his game at right now? Is it's not just one thing. And I don't know if it's better to have one thing that goes wrong and then you get it right for one week and you win the golf tournament, or if it's better to like constantly be chasing your tail, which is what it feels like John Rom's doing.
0: So Cantley, the quote unquote defending champion, won at Memorial last year. What is really his downside? Because it seemed like he really shook off the rust at Travelers yeah. the first time we saw him, that maybe he's the guy.
1: Yeah, this is this is the guy with no question marks. This is the guy uh, a lot, a lot because we haven't seen him all that much. You know, he only plays one tournament in the restart. He finishes eleventh there. Uh, he played well at the players, but no one will, will remember that. Uh, the only the only one round that we got, and then he played well at Genesis. Like those are literally the only three times we've we've seen him. And you come off the course history of victory and then fourth place in 2018. Yeah, this is the only guy with no question
0: marks. Xander. Uh, has lost on approach in two consecutive events now uh, minus 2.3 at the heritage minus 0.6 at travelers uh, I always do like him on bent uh, more than anything else I think that mo- I guess he won on Bermuda at East Lake a few years ago but generally speaking like he's pretty good on bent grass uh, and he hits it long and he hits it straight that's what you want here I just do worry about those irons a little bit and I don't know was he rattled after missing that putt <laughs> at the
1: Charles Schwab I don't know. It certainly, it certainly seemed like it. I mean, he's a kind of cool, calm, cool, collected kind of guy, very, very Dustin Johnson-esque. So I don't know if it actually rattled him. I think my only issue with Xander is for how solid he is. When you're paying 10200 like you need a guy who is perpetually a top 10 player like a Justin Thomas. Xander's not that. Like he's going to pop off. He's going to win. He's going to finish second. He's going to be in contention. But a lot of his finishes are like, 20th to 30th and like that's that's okay for you know a professional golfer i take that every single week but when you're playing paying 10,200 for a guy i feel like and this is weird to say for him i feel like i need more consistent
0: upside so we're both in on thomas as our number one guy at the 10k range i think that is right yes who would be your two I okay so like like if I think
1: game theory I I want Brooks in this situation but I think objectively remove everything there there's there are there's nothing you can knock about Patrick Cantlay
0: yeah and Hideki it's just going to be I mean the putting is always going to be atrocious but yeah maybe this is a week where he just puts well like when he won it at this event Uh it can yeah. happen from time to time Uh but his around the green game has been like shockingly bad since the restart the ball striking has been immaculate But he's usually someone who is excellent with touch around the greens. And he's just maybe that's because of the rust that he's just figuring that out. But that's somewhat concerning.
1: For sure. For sure. Especially because he's usually so good there. I I mean, like if you want to play Hideki, uh, I I roster Hideki and I try not to watch any of his shots because the shot tracker is going to put you to five feet every time and you're going to have to sweat uh, whether he's going to make a five footer. I think at least with Hideki, you know exactly what you're getting, right? Some guys have question marks in terms of what the results are going to be. Hideki is perfectly consistent at what he always does he's going to be pretty good pretty uh, elite uh, ball striker he's going to be fine tee to green he's going to be terrible on the greens and you're going to have to sweat it all week long like you know what you're getting out of him you're going to get one round where he probably shoots like a 65 or a 66 and you're going to get one round he shoots like a 72 73 every single week so at least there is um uh, the, so a little bit of consistent inconsistency
0: there. Uh, okay, nine K range. Rose kicks it off. Rose has won this event before. Comes second, lost in a playoff to David Lingmirth. He is ninety seven hundred dollars. Then it's Hovland, Morikawa, and Ricky Fowler. Could you just start your team? Like, yeah. Could you just play 9K, guys? Because all these, I I am intrigued by all of these options. I like Hovland the best, but I don't really, like, I like Fowler the least because he's been playing the worst, but I was somewhat encouraged by what I saw last week. And he kills Nicholas courses. He plays well at this course. He's played well at Firestone when that was in rotation. Like, this is a good time for him to kind of get his mojo back.
1: You have to be way more optimistic on Ricky Fowler this week than you were, you know, seven days ago. I I, I agree. I, there, I don't have much issue with anybody in the 9K range. In fact, I like everybody in the 9K range. And going back to my, you know, the whole like question mark situation with the guys up top last week, it was really hard to fade all of, you know, Bryson Webb, Hatton, Hovland, all those guys that were over $10,000 this week, you look at it and you're like, uh, you know, if I just dodge a Justin Thomas bullet or dodge, maybe the Patrick Cantlay chalk. I mean, if Cantlay finishes, t11 again like it really wasn't that it really wasn't worth it so yes i think you absolutely can make the case for just starting your lineups here in the nine thousand dollar range i'm so uh optimistic on on justin rose long term his t to green numbers are very very reminiscent of when he was the number one player in the world uh since the restart and then victor hovland in a in a kind of uh Similar way uh, as Bryson DeChambeau, like Bryson, we knew was knocking on the door. It was just a matter of time. Hovland, not that close, but like still very close. His he's been what four top twenty-five finishes since the restart. Led the field in strokes gained T to green. Last week, like the kid is so good. If I was buying stock in anybody, it'd be him. And I I, got to love him again this week.
0: Uh, I like that. This has been a breakthrough spot for a lot of player, young players over the years. Uh, We've just seen guys with zero career wins, or this is like their first really big win at this course. At least maybe they save it next week for Memorial in the smaller field. I don't know about that, but I think that Hovland, although like Bryson's just on a different level and we've seen him win before, but I would actually contend that Hovland is closer than Bryson was to actually winning. He's led the field, Tita to green, in two consecutive weeks now. He just can't fucking pot. It's it's unbelievable. He really can't pot, <laughs> and he sucks
1: at chip. Actually, I will tell you, he's got he, he he, he, he's gotten better yes. around the green he's since gotten a the lot re- better since the
0: restart, and that's highly encouraging.
1: Yes. He told us after he won in Puerto Rico, he literally said, I suck at chipping. And he was right. The stats bared that out. And in three of the four tournaments since the restart, he has gained around the green. So it's not a lot, but even if he just plugs that little leak in his game, I mean, you said it, the sky's the limit. I I mean, he's just dominating the field in T to green numbers. And since the restart, I think he's like, third in strokes gained off the tee total he's like second in strokes gained like it's just it's phenomenal stuff he's gonna win a lot
0: yeah he g- he's gained around the greens in three of the four tournaments so far it's not like an abnormal amount but he was losing like three and a half strokes per <laughs> tournament around the green yeah. like that's a three and a half stroke difference in your score just by being neutral so he's plugged that hole he lost three and a half strokes putting last week 3.3 at travelers plug that hole and just make it even all of a sudden you're live to win like he's yeah. alive to win these tournaments anyway, every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's,
1: he literally shot, I think he was one under on Sunday at, um, at Detroit golf club, a place where we shatter like shattered scoring records for the, for the field average. And, uh, you're losing rounds by going one under and he still finishes T12. Like, like he's just around, he's in contention. He never, he, he never stops his foot's always on the pedal. Like I very, Very good things coming for him for a long time.
0: Yeah, I actually, I waited for, I talked about the drift in the betting show yesterday with Feinberg. Uh, He was 22. I said I was holding out for a better number. I wake up Tuesday morning. That number's 25. I bet that number at 25 to one. Is it optimistic? (laughs) Absolutely. But I have a lot of faith in Norwegian Rory to come through and figure out this putting stroke. So, Hovland and Rose are probably going to be two of the highest-owned players on the slate. Completely makes sense. You're going to see a lot of teams probably even start with Rose and Hovland. Morikawa and Ricky are next. We talked about Ricky a little bit. Morikawa broke everyone's heart, but this seems like a perfect... core. He, he also can't chip, which is problematic, <laughs> is the one thing. C- correct.
1: Y- yeah, I mean, he we haven't seen him right so he misses the cut at the travelers then he takes the week off for the rocket mortgage uh if you want to talk about like little hangovers after missed putts he misses that putt in a playoff at colonial and goes 64th missed cut after that now we get a hard reset this is the first time we've ever seen this kid uh have a reset after a missed cut but he's going to a place that should be a (laughs) a perfect fit you want to talk about second shot courses colin morikawa literally might be the best iron player on the face of the earth I'm, i'm not sure that's much of an Exaggeration—he's that good—and this should be a really good spot for him. You want to talk about breakthroughs? I know he already has one win, but it was what Barracuda? Barracuda—that doesn't count. Um, you know, this this could be a really good spot for him to to break through.
0: Yeah, and Americans have a propensity to win Memorial, so maybe the young guy who breaks through American-wise, because you know, you have Neiman, you have Hovland. Morikawa was the only American of that bunch, so maybe it's him. I don't know. 8K range. Here's where you can get some leverage if you want to take a chance. No one's using Sungjae anymore. Like, no one. And he's 8900 bucks. Yep. I doubt many people are going to use Patrick Reed after last week, and he's down in price to 8800 It's almost a $2,000 discount off last week. Everyone's using Leishman. No one's using Spieth. People always use Kucher, And everyone will be using Neiman and probably Woodland. I love Neiman here. Like, I bet Neiman to win at 45 to 1. I'm going to be using him. But trying to find leverage and, like, try to get away from some ownership here. It seems like Sungjae might be the guy. Like, it's Sungjae or Speeth, and I really don't want to use Jordan Spieth
1: yeah those guys are on two different planets Sungjae is like a thousand times better golfer than Jordan Spieth is uh the, the the break probably hurt Sungjae the most I mean he was on a roll hasn't really been able to recapture that but uh I mean the swing is so pure I mean we, we actually got a lot of coverage from him last week um you know he looked like he was striking it well I just couldn't get things to to go down for him let's talk about uh okay so I did bet I did bet Neiman at 45 to 1 as well I'm, I'm big into guys with Upside, Neiman has shown us that he won the Greenbrier, which he won't even get a chance to defend because that tournament won't exist anymore. Maybe they'll replace it with this. Maybe Workday becomes like the beginning of the year title sponsor and they'll move it somewhere. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Um,
0: But I like Neiman. Let's talk about Woodlands. Is he going to be popular? I think so. People, okay, so this is what happened with me with Kevin Na last week, is that I thought that Kevin Na was good in the betting market at 40-1 to versus the rest of this field. And then just through osmosis, I ended up using him a ton on DraftKings. Woodland, this week, there's some good numbers hanging on him in the betting market, and I think that carries over to DraftKings.
1: I'm terrified of him. And I think I'm out on him. Um, And I'll tell you why. So since the restart... He's lost 9.1 strokes off the tee uh, total. That's what, 10 rounds that he's played? Almost a stroke around for a guy who for years has been prolific off the tee. Like that's his weapon. He's now he's now going into battle without his weapon, and now he's essentially like a pedestrian. It, it's it's really bad. Like if he doesn't figure that out, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, how, lo- how long have we talked about Gary Woodland being an elite ball striker? I don't know if this is a trend, a bad run that he's on, but I couldn't really find – another three rounds a three tournament stretch where he had lost this many strokes off the tee in a row i'm, I'm very concerned
0: and, and it's all happening on like one hole per round and he's making like a quad yeah it's super
1: weird so uh like yeah i'm, I'm scrolling through the database right now the only the only other I, I he lost back-to-back events he lost strokes gained off the tee like this is this is unheard of for him which
0: is usually a red flag reed this feels like a real like I, I'm considering betting Reed to win as well because he's like thirty five or forty to one in some spots, down in thirty in some places. But anytime the odds get that low on Patrick Reed, like I don't care about the course, I don't care yeah. about the layout. Patrick Reed is either really good or really bad. That's kind of his outcome.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, and he's a winner, right? He's a winner. Um, he, he's very likely to miss the cut as well, but there are only. We don't talk about this enough. There are so few golfers who have legitimate winning upside. Like, you have to gain, what, 15 strokes an event on the field to win a golf tournament. I think that's about the average. Like, there's only so many guys that can actually physically gain 15 strokes on the field. Patrick Reed, absolutely one of them. So, when you're when you're at least trying to differentiate, when you're trying to find that guy, that pivot, at least pick somebody who's got winning upside. And Patrick Reed definitely has that.
0: Uh, you in or out on Chalk Hadwin, because I'm in – to a degree.
1: Um, I'm probably out. I mean, how how often does he put together, you know, at least, I don't know, what are we talking about? Top 10 finishes in a row, something like that is what we're what we're probably going to need from him. The the good thing, the the thing I like, and there's usually only about 12, 14 guys a week that that fit this criteria, is that he gains strokes in all four categories, which like that's what Berger did heading into colonial. Like it's it's usually a good sign that just one thing going wrong is not going to bury you. Uh, you know, if, you're, if your putter goes cold, uh, he'll be fine because of the rest of his game is so solid. If his irons are wonky for a day or two, he can kind of pick it up elsewhere. So I like guys like this. I just, I don't know. Like he needs to finish what? Like he probably needs a tea- 10 i don't know something like that
0: yeah he tends to have good results in spurts over the course of his career like he finishes inside the top 10 i think he's done it a few times then backed it up with another top 10 the following week i think he's done that four times in his career and then he like gets bad for a while uh he's played really he played really well at firestone in his one appearance uh he was good here a few years ago but like he's He's up and down. Um, I, I think he's a fine enough player, and the irons have just been so hot that I'm curious to see what his ownership comes in relative to someone like Gary Woodland. But once you get after him, it's like Wolf, Bubba, Fitzpatrick, Louie, and Phil. No one is using any of those guys except for no. Ann maybe.
1: Yeah, because what was the stat I saw? Benyon has never lost, lost strokes, strokes, putting. putting here. I <laughs> see that. I like had to double check that. That seems impossible. Uh, he's absolutely terrible. I'm a glutton for on and um, like I, I could potentially see myself. Investing in him, but uh, I'm I'm very concerned about the ownership. I assume that that means everyone is going to go to Streelman. Yes, at seventy at seventy eight, right? That's the that's the natural play.
0: Yeah, I'm good with listen. I'm good with fading high sevens, chalk Streelman. Uh, whether it kills me or not, that's fine. Uh, that just does not for just look at Streelman's name around the rest of this town. And I know he's coming off a really great week. He's been playing really well, t to green. He's being tipped in the betting market at seventy to one. Like I'd rather have Joel Damon. Okay, Joel Damon's been
1: a top-20 machine. Can I tell you I'd rather have Scotty Scheffler? I uh, can I go back Can I go back to that?
0: Okay. Well, I'll make a case for it if I have to. Well, you don't need to make the case. The guy shoots <laughs> plus seven one round. He shoots minus seven the next day. Like, we know. Yeah. Like, is he the young American guy that gets his breakthrough at this course? Like, I could see that. Like, we, we all liked Scotty Scheffler two weeks ago, and now everyone's yeah. out on him. Like, it seems like a logical time to go back. It's
1: amazing that his – so his Thursday round at Rocket Mortgage was so – like it was so bad that I almost want to give him a pass on it. He lost like six shots on approach, which is – twice as bad as any round he's ever played in his entire life. And then of course he bounces right back as you're alluding to Pat on Friday. He was like first in the field on Friday and strokes gained off the tee He was third and strokes gained tee to green. And you can argue it's very easy to play golf when you are like starting the day 12 shots <laughs> off the cut line, something like that. You can go out and play pretty free and easy, but the sk- like the skills are there. He is a very good young golfer who goes through just as much volatility as Joaquin Neiman and some of these other Matthew Wolf, some of these other young guys that just need to figure it out like I'm, I'm i'm a long-term investor on scheffler just trying to figure him out week to week.
0: well here's the big thing with kevin streelman which i think is relatively unsustainable over the past 50 rounds in this field he is first in par five scoring
1: yeah, because he's like not a very long hitter. I mean, he's great. He's a great ball striker, but he doesn't he doesn't pump it out there. So yeah, you th- you think that that is he's playing over his head? I, th-
0: I that just means on he's either sticking his wedges so close because he's not hitting a lot of these greens in two, uh, right. so he's sticking his wedges really close, or he's just making a bunch of twelve foot putts. Which I've played Kevin Strillman a lot over the past I don't know five years. Guy's not a good putter. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, he's not, <laughs> no, he gets there with his irons. Yeah. I'm trying to look up. I mean, maybe he is, is could he just be Zach Johnsoning all these par fives he is. where that's exactly, uh, yeah, that's I mean,
0: exactly what he's doing.
1: Yeah. He's 13th on tour this year in par five birdie or better, uh, which I, I would have never guessed he'd be there, but yeah, he, it has
0: to be wedged to 12 feet and make enough of those putts. So the rest of the seven K range is kind of going from top to bottom. Here are the guys that I have starred right now. I think I'm going back to Ohio kid, Harold Varner third, okay. I, I really like Shane Lowry at $7,400. But when do I not like Shane Lowry, and when is he ever good? Yeah. Uh, the answer to that is always <laughs> like him, never good, except for when I don't use him and he wins a major. Either way, $7,400 for a top 25 player in the world when he's right next to Chris Kirk. I'm going to take that. Uh, and Russell Henley. just i, I got to think that he's not going to gain 10 strokes with his irons, but he gained like four, and you're doing pretty fine here, Russ.
1: Yeah, I'm on board. I mean, I like Varner. Varner's a, a great ball striker. I obviously have concerns about him being able to close something out, but now you don't getting need it. Exa- that's exactly right. When you're talking about 7,500 7, bucks, uh, go out and finish 10th and I'll be thrilled, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. I don't need him to win the golf tournament. Um, I'm actually considering, uh, like I like Cam Champ a lot here. So in, in his first two starts, we've only seen him twice in the restart, back-to-back top 15s. Um, gained a ton of strokes off the tee last week that essentially accounted for his entire week like all of his strokes gained also basically came from off the tee but i think there is this perception and i've and i'm guilty of this over the last couple of years that cam champs off the tee is so good and the rest of his game is so bad that if if he wasn't elite off the tee he would be brutal and i think that was true like two years ago but he's actually getting a lot better like he's a he's a neutral putter he's a small positive on approaches, he still loses around the greens, but he is definitely a more well-rounded player now than he was 12 months ago.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. It's funny to go back and look a safe way aside, and that's somewhat of a weaker field. Uh, he's done really well in weak field events in the past, and he does really well at short courses.
1: Well, yeah, because he's a because he's a bomber.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, you, but it's funny because when we think about bombers, we think, oh, the longer the course, the better. But it seems like the longer the course you put champ at, the worse he gets.
1: Uh, yeah, because he like tries to really pop one out there. Yeah, when it, it's almost like the it's kind of what we talked about, Gary Woodland, right? Gary Woodland, uh, less than driver courses. Just put yourself in position. You don't have to hit it out there. And, and now you're hitting what eight iron into holes that other guys are hitting six iron into or things like that. So I, I could see it. The, it might be more advantageous for him to be on a, on a shorter track.
0: Uh, how do you feel about team Mirfield village? Uh, Keegan Bradley, Kyle Stanley, Jason Duffner.
1: Oh man, Duff daddy. Um, he's so bad. Have you like his, his, his putting numbers are atrocious. I guess, I guess Keegan is, is probably the guy I'd go with um he's played better than than the other two recently he's hashtag team no putt i guess they kind of all are but uh yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would
0: prefer most definitely all right yeah. i roster these goobers every single week and they can't make a two-foot putt
1: yeah duffner's so bad uh yeah keegan keegan is probably my my best bet because he's going to be somewhat long enough off the tee he's going to be straight off the tee he's like a total driving guy Um, but I'm not thrilled to play any of them.
0: Uh, Bud Collie was someone who kind of rated out really well for me in sneaky categories. He's so good around the greens. Uh, He's really good on bent grass when it comes to putting. He plays long par threes really well, and we're going to get three of those this week that are super difficult. Is it a week to go back to Collie?
1: So I think it's interesting because I think he's played well here. Oh yeah, okay. So uh, top ten last year at the Memorial, uh, and then and a twenty fifth in twenty seventeen, and he made the cut in twenty sixteen, missed it in twenty eighteen. So I I do like that. He's not a guy that I play often. I like to pick my pick my spots for him. I think the around the green game is advantageous here, as we've been talking about, and you throw in a mixture of pretty decent results. This feels like a good spot.
0: Yes, I would agree. Luke List. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy
1: um the this, this is a conversation we haven't had in a while um i'll tell you what i mean he's he's looked he's looked okay he's, he looked okay last week i don't know what he ended up finishing 20 yeah something, he he, he, he missed
0: four putts inside five feet on the front nine on sunday
1: well perfect he's in mid-season four he's ready <laughs> to rock and roll um i mean what what he do he won on the corn Ferry a couple of weeks ago right uh and now he's and now he's trying to trying to contend up here um i i'm not a luke list guy i i know you are but i'm out
0: he's just not when i was first getting into luke list like my you know when i was before anyone knew about luke list like i'm a hipster luke list guy but his <laughs> overall T to green was really good almost rather the improvement that we saw or seeing from victor hovland right now luke list kind of had two years ago he went from being atrocious around the greens to being a good player Around the greens, and like he forgot about that. Like he slept funny, and just got wiped from. Him. It was like in, he was in internal sunshine of a spotless mind. Like it just got wiped, and it's gone, and now he's bad again. I don't get it. Yeah,
1: and and List was the original like team no put. Like when we were doing when we were doing models and spreadsheets like years ago, he was always the guy. Like why is Luke List ranked third here? Because his like stats were so prolific, but his results were so poor.
0: Looking at the chalk from this area, at least the perceived chalk at this moment, Streelman, Damon, Varner are likely to be your three highest-owned guys in the sevens.
1: Streelman, Damon, Varner. Okay, so that allows you... So if I wanted to pivot off of those guys and I could play... Scheffler. Champ, yeah. And... I don't know who I'd pick, like 74, 70. I mean, Lowry, Lonto, my buddy Lonto, yep. back-to-back top 25.
0: Uh, Lonto above $7,000, taking uh, your advice, I'm going to pass on that one.
1: That is true. He's about
0: $400 too expensive here. Uh, I have this guy for you, and my projected ownership on him is 1.9% in the 7K area. Does that, does that do anything <laughs> for you? I love him already. Who is it? Jason Day. Oh, no, I don't. Um <laughs>
1: Man, he's – okay, so Jason Day, I this is not necessarily, like, fantasy-based, but the, the amount of cover that Jordan Spieth has provided Jason Day and no one is talking about that Jason Day stinks is, like, incredible – I think he's outside the top like 180 in strokes gained approach, which is a shell of him, of his former self. He can he can't even make a cut at Rocket Mortgage. He can't make a cut like anywhere. And isn't this is like his home track that he's got no good results at? It, it's it's this it's the weirdest thing. I'm certainly not going to invest in day now uh, when he, you know he doesn't really play here and he's
0: he, he's like two years at least removed from the good stuff. I think I'm going to take a shot on him here, and here's why. Oh man, four consecutive rounds gaining strokes off the tee. That's encouraging. Now, he's lost on approach in three of his past four. However, in his past three rounds, he's actually gaining on the field in opportunities gained, which is greens in regulation or greens under regulation from 15 feet and in. So he's giving himself ample opportunities. And here's the rub. He's not putting. We know that Jason Day can just kind of, like, flip on. And then all of a sudden he's gained like 8 strokes for the week on the greens like his wins kind of come out of nowhere. I still think that he has winning equity if he can kind of figure it all out. Knowing the fact that I'm going to use him this week means he's probably going to definitely WD. But I don't think it's as it's as dire as it may seem. He's usually he masks all of this through great putting. And then he ends up making the cut, then not doing anything, and just kind of lingers around a lot like Louie does a lot of the time. Yeah. But I am encouraged by him driving the ball; that's going well. When he is hitting his irons decently, like on every other hole, he's actually sticking it close. Start making a few of those putts, then all of a sudden you're back in it. Like if you give me a two percent Jason Day, like I don't know, I might I might bite on that. Is a two percent
1: Jason Day better than a two percent any other of these guys here? you know what i mean like what like I'm, I'm, i don't know what a good example would be uh this is a bad one like coke rack
0: i i'm out on coke rack this week <laughs> just out but like louis Louie and day are projected right around the same ownership and i think i'd still rather take day
1: i guess if you compare if you if i'm forced to pick one of those two i would also choose day but i i i don't think i'll play either of the i mean you're you're right the putter usually keeps him around he's ranked like 146th in strokes game putting this season. He only only, only has 18 rounds though. He has a very small sample size, but I I am not optimistic at all on Jason Day.
0: I am not super optimistic either. And maybe I, but I mean, these Spieth people get paid off every single week. Why can't I get paid off on Jason Day? (laughs)
1: <laughs> These people do not uh, i guess they kind of get paid off every single week. they get paid off more often than not uh just because of how many birdies he makes i mean you got to play four rounds at least spieth plays well for two and then he stinks on the weekend like jason day plays the first two poorly and then you don't even get four rounds out of them
0: okay who's the better play day at two percent louie at two percent or bubba at five percent oh god um bubba this, is a, this could be a bubba track he plays well here I,
1: yeah. I, I think it's still Bubba at five. If you got me to like Bubba at 10, you could probably convince me it's one of the other two guys, but Bubba, at least like, I'm not a Bubba guy by any stretch, but you know, he, he he's got more top tens like this month than Jason day has this year. Like, I'm not sure that's even an exaggeration without looking it up. Um, Like, like Bubba at least pops off at times. Jason day has been very bad for
0: a while. Uh, Snediger coming in at less than a percent owned. I can't make a compelling case for him, but maybe no like he but he's another guy who's like sucks 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 oh it's a brant snedeker week oh he's gaining eight strokes on approach and making every pot yeah this
1: was coming um his ball striking uh has been obviously i mean it's it's never good right like he gains a ton in short game that's that's going to be his his path to I don't want to call it path to victory, but his path to providing value to you. Uh, But he was so bad at travelers uh, where he made the cut and lost six strokes on approach. Uh, He was actually better last week, lost a 1.7 on approach. I mean, what, seven rounds in a row, seven events in a row. He's lost strokes off the tee. Like this is the the antithesis of guys that I like to play. He is team no ball striking. Like it's, it's, (laughs) I hate this. I hate him. Uh, well, I actually like him. No, I love him. I hate playing.
0: him. Yes, that's true. I do love Brand Snedeker <laughs> as well. Um, but like he sucked last week and almost rallied to make the cut.
1: It's just, it feels like, okay. Like you want to talk about the, the path, the path to victory or the path to certain things. Like it has it's so specific for Brant Snedeker. It is roll in every single 25 footer. Like that feels like the path to victory for him. And that's really hard to do. Like it's the odds are against you.
0: 6K guys, if you want to play superstars and super scrubs. Uh, I I think that the 6K range is not good this week, at least compared to other weeks where I didn't see that huge of a difference between 7,500 and 6,500. There are guys. I mentioned Duffner. I don't hate that. Hoagie is another one just because he's so good on approach. warinsky has been playing really well. I like my guy, Brandon. Woo! Uh, 6,500 bucks has missed one cut ever. Just people don't know about him. Uh, 6,500 bucks seems nice. Charles gains on approach and gains putting. That could be good enough for sixty four hundred dollars. McCumber's pretty good on approach. Bo Hogg is like the local guy. I assume people will use Chase Kepka. I will not be one of those people, but he's the <laughs> man. Uh, I think all those guys, and of course, my my main man Henrik Norlander just keeps coming through.
1: Yes, so um, we had we had Brandon Wu on the CBS pod. Very good guy. I hope that he goes out and does something this week. Um, okay, how about this? Dylan Fratelli, sixty eight hundred. Last time we saw him was the travel. He shot a, well, <laughs> yes, correct. I think he shot a 71, then he withdrew because of the positive test. So it, it looks, I mean, it, I don't know if he was going to make the cut. He probably wasn't, but like it looks worse on paper when you see that he, it looks like he missed the cut, right? But he withdrew because he tested positive. The week before that, uh, remember he touched, he, he set the clubhouse lead at the RBC early on Sunday. And he was like, yeah, this number's not going to hold. I'm going to go drink beer or whatever. And I was like, oh, Dylan Fratelli, he's my new favorite player. Um, so like I, I, he's been playing a lot better than even what the results would show. He's 6,800. I think he is better than a lot of his peers down here. Um, and then the other guy that I thought was interesting and he was getting a little bit of, uh, he played with Sung last week. So we saw him on the feature coverage is, is Sung you'll know. So he's coming back from uh, his mandated military service in South Korea, finished 11th at the Travelers, made the cut last week. Super, super sweet, smooth swing. One of the nicest looking swings. Just needs to get his reps back in. Hasn't played a whole lot. Um, But he's 6,800. Yeah, a chalky Norlander. I don't know if you want that, uh, but I I don't really love the $6,000
0: range. Uh, Swafford shockingly been playing pretty good. Yes. Is he he back? Is he back? because he used to be the guy to use in the sixth day remember how everyone just used charles howell every single week because he would just make the cut swafford used to be that guy three years ago and then he finally won and then he sucked
1: correct he had the longest active made cut streak it was like i think at the time it was like 18 or 19 he wins uh what is now the desert classic i guess it is or the amex he wins that and then misses like a million cuts in a row. It was unbelievable. He's never been the same. It's, it's shocking, uh, but he does look good. And actually he was a guy that I think it was last week through 36. I think I fired a, a live bet on him because he was like leading the field and strokes gained T to green and couldn't do anything on the green. So at least that's the type of profile of guys that, that we would like. So yeah, Swafford. Um, Even like Sung Kang. Sung Kang's good for a top 10 every once in a while. He's 6,500 bucks. Like there's some, there's some names down here of guys that are clearly better than, than their peers.
0: Yeah. Like and Hadley struck the ball much better uh, in round two than round one. Last week, uh, if he can get it rolling, that's usually pretty good. Always worse on bent. My main man, Cam Percy, ended up missing the cut because he can't putt, but the ball striking has kind of been out of this world. Uh, A lot the same with uh, Henrik Norlander in that sense. But just looking very briefly before we get out of here, in the 6K range, I just ran my custom Fantasy National model that I built, readjusted from the Sunday show, as I said I was going to do. Uh, It's mine now. You can't have it, although you probably don't want it anyway (laughs) with the way my picks have been going. But in the 6k range since the restart so very limited sample not super telling just guys of note that pop up inside the top 50 ct pan uh who else do we have here tyler mccumber jonathan bird henrik norlander is sixth swafford is 18th matthew Niesmith is 22nd maybe a week to go back to him just because everyone's off of him now after he was popular
1: I was going to say, everyone kind of forgot about him. He was like the darling for the first couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, everyone everyone forgot. I haven't even considered his name in, in a while. Yeah, that might not be a bad buy, buyback.
0: Yeah, bad off the tee, good on approach. That's something that can you can get away with here, I feel like. like you can't be a, a huge negative off the tee, but if you want to gain like one stroke for the week, but you can hit your irons, <laughs> that's good enough.
1: Yeah, it is the old, the old one stroke off the tee a week. That'll get the job done, but it's true. It'll, it'll work here.
0: Yeah. Uh Rick Gaiman, where can everyone find your work? Cause it's everywhere these days and where can they yes. find your home base? Sure.
1: So home base, rickrungood.com, golf data visualizations at Rick Rungood. You can find my work, uh CBS sports, the first cut podcast, Um our, I'll share that article with you on, on golf digest for the expert picks. And uh, a DFS article over there as well. But yeah, at Rick Rungood, I tweet it all out. You'll, you'll find
0: it. Yeah, quit making me look bad in that article. I mean, I'm glad you came in <laughs> midway through the season, so you probably won't be able to catch me in outright winners unless you get scorching hot uh, just because i had (laughs) such a lead built in anyway but you've been by far the best of the quote-unquote experts in that panel
1: Uh, yeah it is very generous to call us experts but yeah i'm gonna try to nail a couple like 66 to ones and see if i can see if i can catch it by the end of the year
0: yeah I, i cash in on one of those that that's that's the thing like a lot of people just put up like this week I was considering putting Justin Thomas up, but I always like to put up someone I actually bet. Like, I yeah. think that Justin Thomas is the favorite to win. I don't think that he's a bad value at 10 to one or 12 to one, whatever he is, but I'm not betting him. So I'll probably put up like Hovland or Neiman.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I don't know how to do that. So like the pick to win part. Yeah. I, I look at it from like, I guess I should just take the favorite every week and try to like nail a win. But like, it. yeah, I, I would much rather like a lot of times I'd rather start my card at, you know, 22 to one or something like that. And then, You have the top 10, which you can go a couple ways with this. You can pick like, oh, Bryson is the lock for top 10. Or what I noticed you do, and I think I kind of in the same way, you get like a 12 to one guy. and You just try to hit like a couple of years. I do. And
0: (laughs) if you go look, because they just they presume that you put one unit on everything. Um, I have the fewest amount of top 10 winners so far this year, but I've won the most money. (laughs) (laughs)
1: because <laughs> you pick like lonto griffin and like you know cam tringale yeah like I, top 10 yeah basically
0: yeah. i need to hit i pick guys that are e- essentially eight to one to 12 to one or more i think i hit one guy who was like 20 to one i hit a uh, robbie shelton the very first week he was like 20 to one okay. to be top 10 um but i mean like you see like the tour caddy they put up people that's like oh yeah justin thomas minus 200 top 10 it's right. like who's making that bet <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's uh, picking up nickels in front of a steamroller, my friend. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, Rick, uh, be well. Stop working so hard. You're making me look bad over here. And uh, that will do it. You can find my cheat sheet up on DK Nation. Dot com. I will tweet that out because I'm just gravitating over towards that site. DK Playbook is being phased out. It's gravitated towards that new site. Um, so you can just go figure that out. Uh, no chat on Wednesday. My fantasy football rankings will emerge on Wednesday. You can go back and watch the betting show. You can go back and watch the first look research show if you really want to get into the minutia of what I was really looking at this week. and how I've rounded out a lot of my picks in my research column is also up in the description of this video and podcast. Tune in Sunday to my first look show which is going to be exactly the same as last week's show but the link for the listeners league will be in there and you might want to get on that early because it feels so fucking quickly at this point smash a like leave a rating subscribe to fantasy national and there was something else but I forgot I'll see you next time it's
1: the Batman experience